Moving right along, getting right into topic number one. This week we're going to start with comic book genre news, and we're going to start talking a little bit about, uh, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, the test footage, uh, some of the full footage of the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix wreaking havoc in the full Joker costume, or what we believe might be the final Joker costume, nobody's really sure, uh, in New York City on the subway. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you think about the costume, the scene, just the, the whole vibe in general, uh, Mr. Metatron. Why don't you start with it? Well, Jose, I gotta say, I really like what I see so far. First of all, it captures that Joker chaotic theme. You see mm -hmm. everyone just streaming out of the train. Mm -hmm. A plus on that. Mm -hmm. Then let's go on to the costume. I like how it blends a lot of the Joker that we've seen over the years. Like yes. you got the Heath Ledger haircut, the, the face paint, and that's pretty good. The face paint, actually some people have mentioned, not to cut you off, but it's vibes of Cesar Romero from yes, yes. the original Batman uh, Batman show from the 50s and 60s, I believe, right? I don't even remember 60, 60 the time something. period. Adam West, all that stuff. But yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, it looks good right now, so let's just hope that DC keeps it good, because we know <laughs> how they've been doing lately. DC Dark. Yeah, but otherwise, that's all I really have to say about it right now. What do you think, ASAP? I mean, okay, I'm not uh, that familiar with this upcoming Joker movie, mm -hmm. and it was just recently that I found out, I think it was from you guys, yeah. about Joaquin Phoenix taking on the role of the Joker. Mm -hmm. And from the stills that I've seen so far, they actually look pretty dope. And, uh, well, what I know of Joaquin Phoenix is that I remember him as Commodus from Gladiator. Yeah, I don't know. That's always if, an awesome comparison. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if a lot of you watch Gladiator, but that's where I know him from. I haven't really seen much of him as an actor, so I can't really say how good he would be as the Joker mm -hmm. based on you know what I've know of him. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say for now about Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. What do you think, Walt? So my initial thoughts on the Joker is it it seems uh, to be pretty interesting. The costumes, just like Metatron said, is a good blend of all the Jokers, past, present, um, we're leading into future. My concern is, is that we now have, in canon, two different Jokers. We have the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and we also have the other Joker from um, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Right. Who is Jared, Leto. Jared Leto. Jared oh. Leto. Yeah. So, my concern is for the average comic book fan they're gonna be like well, wait a sec what happened to the other joker what is this new joker this joker is this joker movie is supposed to be an elseworld story for us comic book fans that makes sense we've been we've been used to elseworld stories they are stories that are that exist outside of canon but for the regular people who has never picked up a comic book they're going to be like, what the heck is going on? And we still don't know what's happening with the Jared Leto Joker. Is he coming back? Is that universe dead? Henry Cavill, we don't know if he's continuing as Superman. Um, ben Affleck, we don't know if he's continuing as Batman. What does that do for the Joker going forward? We now have two Jokers existing at the same time. Mm -hmm. To me, it seems like it's going to be something that's very, very confusing to the average moviegoer. Especially if we're going to be going back and forth with this canon, that canon, what have you. Um, to me, Phoenix is a great actor. I think he can pull it off. Um, I'm a little weirded out by the whole clown costume that we've just mm. seen recently oh. that came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, traditionally, you know, the Joker's had many type of origins, so I guess I can, I can deal with that. You know, we've had the killing joke where he was the failed comp comedian. We've had video games which introduced him as the Red Hood, common thief you know, that, that uh, turned out into a thug that went into the Joker. There's that cartoon also, I haven't, I forgot what it's, where it is, but the Joker basically is completely redesigned, he's got like a straight jacket and like dreadlocks have you guys seen Oh that yes, Batman that's cartoon? the old, that's the Batman cartoon That's not, yeah, that's a few years old, but that's yeah. like another iteration. I mean It's kind of weird, right? To me, I, I still am in love with Heath, Heath Ledger's um version of the Joker. Mm -hmm. To me, that is a perfect Joker. You've gone in that movie three or four different origins. In that movie itself, every time somebody asks him what happened to you, mm -hmm. he gave you a different story. 
there's that mythos of Joker where you don't know exactly where he stands. You don't know where he's coming from. You just know the man's crazy. You know the guy, he just wants to cause chaos. I love that. So, for me, the Joker movie, I still got to wait to see a little bit more to see where it's going. Um, I'm okay with the costume, but I need to see more. You know, funny thing about the costume. You know uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of? What? The old It. You know, like the the old series that oh, they used to Tim air? Curry, oh, the old way one back in the days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds bit. me a lot of that. Or the clown costume, or the or the Joker costume. The clown costume. The clown costume definitely definitely has like some sort of reminiscence of that particular character. And if you look at that picture, it does look like he does have a skull cap. Yeah. You know, so he hasn't got full Joker in that one, and I'm just curious if they're going to keep the part where he falls into the vat that becomes the Joker. It doesn't look like it from those subway subway photos that. He may have fallen in. That just looks like plain makeup. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's any chemical burn there. So maybe that's not his final costume. Maybe there is another iteration of him where he starts out with that costume, gets screwed up, and then becomes the Joker that we really have seen before. You know, that, that though, would pose a little bit of a problem for me. I'll, I'll tell you why, and then I'll kind of address what I think about it as as well. Because... So the clown costume, not the Joker costume, to me could definitely be a midpoint, could be a moment before he turns into the Joker when he's starting to crack. That could be like another iteration of the Joker in between. Yeah, instead of the failed comedian, right. he's the failed cop. He's clown. a failed clown because yeah. that also could explain that scene that we've that behind the scenes scene we've seen where he's like messing with a clown in the street or something like that. Just when he's a- Arthur Fleck. You might not have seen that yet, uh, you know, Asap Balrog. But there's a scene where they show him. With before the Joker costume, just like the regular guy, and he's talking to a clown, and he's in, in the street, and he's basically antagonizing. I think he pulls off his clown nose and he throws it at him. So that could be all that stuff could kind of be in between how he gets to the point where he becomes the Joker. But I, I the the way that it could become a problem for me if that's not the final costume is the Joker's sort of big origin point. He's always had you know many different origins. He's had the ambiguous origins. He's all, yep. had all kinds of crazy stuff. But one thing the Joker has always reiterated, and that's huge in uh, The Killing Joke, is the Joker's philosophy, also in The Dark Knight, is everybody's crazy. It takes one bad day for mm-hmm. you to become totally, to go totally over the edge. Yeah. So if, if that's his midpoint Joker costume before, say, chemical burn and acid come into play, Assuming he already happens. had, what, two bad days? Does that mean he's going to have two bad days? He has one bad day where he becomes the Joker we see in that scene on the subway with makeup on. Then he falls into a vat of acid and has an even worse, like, other day and becomes the full Joker. That, to me, is going to, like, take the movie in a ludicrous direction. So I hope they don't do that. I actually do kind of hope this is the final costume, even though it's not his normal origin. I'm okay with them taking it in a slightly different direction. There's ways that he could be mentally scarred that can be just as powerful as the physical scars that he suffers in his origin story. Just a sidebar, how, how pathetic do you have to be to fail as a clown? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that's, probably, that's probably pretty rough. And what what possible mental scars can you have from being a clown that didn't make it? I don't know. I mean, well, Just, obviously it had some serious issues, so like apparently it can happen. It can turn you into an evil demon or something like that. Uh, as long as he's not eating he little kids, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, that would be a little bit too <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, he's never two, even done that before. Mm, no, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. That said, I think you can kind of gather that I do like the the Joker costume, the Joker costume, but not the clown costume, since those are two separate things. I think the Joker costume looks good. Like uh, uh, like Metatron said, it's it's a good hybrid of all the different Joker costumes. It has a little bit of the scary edge of Heath Ledger. It has uh, a little bit of sort of that Jack Nicholson smile where it's more painted on fully instead of the sort of the lines that Heath Ledger had. Uh, there's an ambulance. Hey, we're recording from the living room. It happens. Um, and it has a little bit of Cesar Romero with that kind of very old style Joker costume from uh, the old Batman cartoon with Adam West. Uh, minus Cesar Romero's famous mustache, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this little sidebar, but... Uh, if you watch that old Joker, Joker, uh, excuse me, Batman TV show, he's he has a mustache that he never shaves. I don't know if you guys have never noticed that. The Joker really? has a white painted mustache in 
the old uh, Batman TV show. And the thing about it is... With Burt Ward and Adam West. That was done in 1966. Hey, DC, couldn't you do a better job with Superman and Justice League? Right. Oh, God. Burn. Just saying. Burn. And yes, Just that is saying. a good point. Oh, jeez. Because, yeah, the Henry Cavill mustache is a whole other topic of conversation. If Caesar Romero could do it, so could so could Henry Cavill. But it was 1966. The and they had better makeup and special effects to do it back then. Uh, Regardless, I like the costume. I like the vibe. Um, I think Joaquin Phoenix can be a, can do a really good job. Yeah. Uh, I just have to make a, a small outside the box comparison because there's actors who do impressions. Okay. I, when I say that, I think of I don't know if you guys saw that movie um, with James Franco where he played what the heck's the name of that really like oddball character that made his own short that made his own film. Oh, you're talking about um, he he made that space film, one of the one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, I don't know if it was it a space film. I'm not well, sure what it was. But I, I think part of it had had some special effects in there. So that that movie, I guess you're looking up the title of it so you can yes, help me I out am. with this over here. But I'll just continue the point. In that movie, James Franco does an awesome job, but he's doing an impression of the guy that he plays, okay? And the better other side of the comparison is when it's, it's less of an impression because he's not a real person, but when Heath Ledger does the Joker, Heath Ledger's gone. There's no Heath Ledger left. He's playing the Joker. Another good example, if anybody's seen the Man on the Moon movies with Jim Carrey, he inhabits the role of that character. It's like he's possessed by the actual person. And I think that Joaquin Phoenix is an actor that's capable of almost, and this is sort of a wild rumor also, I don't know if you guys have ever heard it, um, that he'll be possessed by the character of the Joker. Apparently Jack Nicholson warned Heath Ledger about that before he played the role, that the character will possess you. And hoping that Joaquin Phoenix comes out of this safe and alive, I think he can inhabit the Joker. I think where the Joker can inhabit him. By the way, the name of that movie was The Disaster Artist. Sorry for like kind of going back all the way around. That's the James Franco movie where he plays the character Tommy Wiseau. By the name of Tommy Wiseau. He does a great impression. He doesn't really let the character inhabit the role, so it doesn't go as far towards making it like an awesome performance. And it, I think Joaquin Phoenix can do that. It's funny you bring that up because Tommy Wiseau is back in the news. Is he now? Yes, he is. Sidebar. <laughs> I love sidebars. <laughs> what did this guy do now? Besides, well, like, go, hi, Mark. Too. Let's take a look here. You're tearing me apart. He has his own Joker audition tape. We're going to have to, like... I, I feel like we should just post that at some point later, just so people can see that, so we can share that beauty with the world. Yeah, that oh. sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a, a very interesting take. On uh, the Joker by our our man Tommy Wiseau, who is oh, is that Nerdist? Did they create that though? Maybe yes, it's, they who did. Knows? And here Hi, we are. So we're looking at the. Looks a little like Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's doing though. Except Heath Heath Ledger on extreme crap. So this oh, is about man. two minutes of Tommy Wiseau ah! madness as the Joker. You guys got to check this out. Link to it. Tommy Wiseau's Joker audition tape on Nerdist. It's worth checking out. And if you haven't seen The Disaster Artist, great movie. And The Room. The Room is the name of that movie. There goes the Nicholson quote. Yeah. So this is, this is a little weirdness from him. And like I said, it's an, an ironic that you bring him up because... There you go. It could be a fanfic Joker, maybe. I don't really know that I could. I would see him in, unless they want to add a third Joker to the DC universe. It's just very disturbing. And, oh, you know, but it's a good kind of disturbing because that's what Joker embodies. On this face. And there you go. All right. So that's the screen test on on our little sidebar. Tommy Wiseau is the Joker. Definitely entertaining. Um, but anyway. just one last thing to address, though. Yeah, let's get back on track. I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off it. But the thing about there being two different Jokers, I don't know that that's. And for the average average comic fan, that's not a problem. I think for the average moviegoer, it might not end up being too much of a problem anyway. Because what it looks like they're doing anyway is they might move away from the Jared Leto Joker. So I feel like that's going to happen anyway. If that's the case, then I, then I'm okay. But you know, we'll you, see. You still have. You still have. All these projects that DC is putting out there, 
Um, you got Birds, of, Birds of Prey, which they Supergirl, right? Yeah, Supergirl. But they just announced Birds of Prey with Harley Quinn. And we don't know if the Joker will show up in that. I mean, we've already got uh, Black Canary cast. We've got Huntress cast. I believe it's um, Mary... What was Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yes, was yes. cast as um, the Huntress, and then jo- Juliet Smoley Bell, I believe is her name. Forgive me, internet. You guys will probably correct me on this, but Go she after. was she was cast <laughs> as Black Canary, and you've got Margot Robbie coming back as Harley Quinn. So they're not quite done with that universe yet because they're continuing to push forward with that. So I'm hoping that. Listen, I don't think Jared Leto was given a fair shake um, in Suicide Squad. It's also bad writing. You know? Yeah. Although right. he put the character together, so and you have to blame him a plus, little bit, too. The laughter and all that. The tattoos and stuff wasn't him. Plus, you also got to remember, that movie is a perfect example of studio um, yeah. you know, interference because... Well, we'll talk about that had, later. You had more. that movie edited by the company that did the trailer which is terrible basically and you can tell and you can tell so you know I, I think Jared Leto and he even said himself there's a whole bunch of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor for him so maybe there is a good Joker in there somewhere we'll never know we'll never see the, the full cut you know but if that's that's it then Leave it at that. Maybe you keep going with Joaquin Phoenix. Well, the Jared Leto Joker, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, no, the, the Jared Leto Joker didn't get enough screen time in the Suicide Squad. Right. That is true. Did you see the cut, the, the director's cut of the deleted scenes where there was a little bit more of it? Though? I didn't, actually. I heard there were deleted scenes, but I didn't get the chance They should have added it. more of the Joker. If they really wanted to, to focus on Jared Leto being the Joker, they shouldn't have, like, two scenes in the movie. I'm not going to lie. I actually yeah. like Jared Leto as the Joker. I just feel like he didn't get enough screen time as I said mm-hmm. before and just enough praise because I feel like he could have done a he, really good job as the Joker he should have that, been the villain that I'm moving yeah that's what I exactly. was about to say instead they had this original Enchantress, the Enchantress right this original oh, villain is she like an original villain? Yes, she is. No, she's in the comics. Yes, she is. They're actually in the comics. Okay. Just, here's, here's the only problem oh, with that. That train wreck. You got movie. the Suicide Squad. This There are other iterations of the Suicide Squad but this Suicide Squad doesn't have the powers to match a, a character as powerful as the Enchantress. Just Which look, is, at, look at the end. The yes. End. Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn was fighting her with a bat. And all she had to do was wish her out of existence and game over. Sword. Oh my yeah. God. How so, do you, that pull, was how, the stupidest ending I've ever seen. Well, how did Sorry. it work again at the end? Did like did Deadshot throw a grenade or something and then she hit it with a bat? Or, no, was she that how was it distracted or something like that. And then Harley Quinn like picked up a sword, right? And then like then like cut the dude or whatever. Like yeah, that, that was a stupid thing like the that. A sword, which is which is mystical. Yes. Yeah. It's a soul but even still, like Harley Quinn, come on. I, I like Harley Quinn, but like <sighs> that should have been there. There is. These if, are gods. Are guys, supposed to be that dumb? If you guys, if you guys are into the animated version, go Spoiler check alert. out. Go check out Assault on Arkham Asylum. Terrible. That is a better Suicide Squad that movie than the one that we got in the movie theaters. And again, in that one, Joker was the bad guy. It worked. Sorry, the movie sucked. Well. Well, I can say maybe that this is probably the best way to tell if this is going to be a, fa- a failed or successful experiment or not. We have a perfectly good example coming up, what, in a couple of weeks in Venom, which is another movie that kind of exists. That comes out next Friday, actually. Right, and it yeah. exists October outside 5th. of the MCU, kind of, right? It exists outside of the... I mean, I don't know if it exists in the Spider-Man universe. No one no, really knows. It's Nobody produced by knows, Sony. Right. But they did say that Spider-Man will not be in this movie, which is a little weird because That's what Venom, Venom has always is. been attached to Spider-Man in terms of his origin, in terms of anything. Yeah. You know, he comes from... The, the symbiote suit attaches itself to Peter Parker first when they're on... Uh, it's on the Beyonder World the Beyonder World. Right? They're in Secret Wars. That's the first iteration of, of Venom. So that and is out so the window. That's out the window. Basically. From what I understand, they're doing the lethal protector um, storyline in the comic books so for this movie. Universe? Well, no. What, what happens is, is in that case, um, Spider-Man actually kicks Eddie Brock out of New York and he ends up in San Francisco, and from what I understand, um, that's that's where he becomes a good guy. And kicks you know, him out of New York. Yeah, oh he said, like, "Get out." Okay. So that's what this movie is based on, but it doesn't include Spider-Man. So 
you know. I don't really know what it's going to be. Or I, if it's I will say work. this: the trailers have looked pretty decent. I feel like they're they've looked really good, and some of them have looked really not that great, which is why I'm a little bit in the middle. But we'll see how that works. To and me, like I said, that's an experiment that'll tell you if it's PG thirteen. So it, it gives them the opportunity that if they do want to roll him into the MCU, mm-hmm. um, he hasn't got full R, and Disney, to this moment, hasn't done a, an R-rated movie. So it makes it accessible for the mass audiences who want to see it, the kids that want to see Venom. They haven't made it a full R-rated movie. And in the future, because of that, you're not taking an R-rated character, putting him into the MCU. He's PG-13. You can bring him into the MCU somehow, in Kevin Feige, we trust, but we'll see how you know, it works. That's how it is. But I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it works out with these Joker movies. But I think, though, in regards to to uh, Venom, which is coming out next Friday, October fifth. I think, like, I'm I'm not as big a Marvel DC fanboy as you guys. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, which I mean, come on, fine. let's face it. I'm from Mordor. This is not how life is over there. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> but, you have magic, not yeah, the you guys have a hard life in the marshes over there. <laughs> right, yeah. fire and brimstone. <laughs> exactly. It's all politics in that place. Exactly. So, but I'm from what <laughs> I know of Venom, with or without Spider Man, I feel like he does deserve his own, you know, screen time, a good sufficient amount of screen time, and it's good that he's getting his own movie. And I'm not making a big deal out of Spider-Man being in the movie or not, mm-hmm. like you guys are. But, you know, that's just me. I mean, coming from that's Mordor, fair. you know, that's... We don't really, fair. really give a damn. No, I absolutely. Fair. I mean, you know, a lot of people a lot of people are going to go see this movie, they haven't read the Spider-Man comic book. So, it for them, it'll be normal. That's like, no, that's like knowing nothing about the Predator and watching the Predator movie, which just came out. And some people like it, some people don't. But the point is they watched it. And there's some, yeah. some people enjoy exactly. it. You don't really need a ton of backstory sometimes on these characters necessarily. More on that so later, by the way. We shall see. But, like I said, I think that we'll see uh, how it goes between... Like I said, the, I think the Venom movie is a good indicator for how the Joker movie might go. We'll see how that does go. Metatron, why don't you tell us a little bit about the next comic book news that we're going to jump into today. So... In a minute, we're going to be viewing the trailer for X-Men The Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Mm, yeah. It's a very anticipated storyline for, for some of the X-Men viewers. A lot of X-Men viewers think it's a great storyline. Yep. So we're going to play the trailer, and just for legal purposes, we're going to talk over the trailer. <laughs> but um, it'll be interesting because this will be the first time that ASAP Balrog is going to see this trailer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get a real raw... Um, depiction of what he thinks about this trailer so metatron you said that fashionista uh, you said that dark phoenix is part of the x-men universe yes it is it is okay and we'll tell you a little bit about it as the trailer plays all right let's let's here we go let's take a look all right roland so this is x-men dark phoenix so so shots the X- X-Men mansion here. Hey, it's that guy from Split. Yeah. <laughs> James McAvoy, of course, as, Pat, as, uh, as Patrick Stewart. Excuse me, as Professor X, might as well be the same. And we see the 20th Century Fox logo, probably maybe for the last time, since Marvel has, Disney has bought out Fox. I have to keep stable. And a little bit, looks like a little bit of backstory of how Jean Grey came to the house. Xavier doing shady stuff. Xavier is usually oh doing something gosh. shady. So now we see the Jean Grey. It looks like it's in the family car. And the is that car Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, she's Mystique. Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer plays Lawrence Mystique. is Mystique? Oh, yeah. Okay. I know from Red Sparrow, which was an awesome movie, by the way. Jennifer Lawrence is a good actress. Jessica Chastain playing Lalandra okay. from the Shi'ar Empire. We're getting shots of all the various X-Men, Storm, Beast, Cyclops, Mystique. So, so tell me, is this part of like the X-Men canon? Like, how does it work exactly? Where does this fall in the timeline? This falls after X-Men Apocalypse. The X-Men timeline is a bit of a mess, so that's probably hard to figure out. Apocalypse, is that like the first? Here's the best way to put it. X-Men, the Dark Phoenix saga is one of the most anticipated X-Men sagas. It's one of the most beloved also. Um, done very well in the 1990 X-Men cartoon. Yes, done very poorly in X-Men The Last Stand, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. 
Is that Michael Fassbender who I just yes, saw? Yes, it is. He is Magneto. Michael Fassbender Magneto. plays Magneto. Michael Fassbender is Magneto? Yes. Wow. Michael Fassbender plays Magneto. Just so an interesting really question. Good. Why does Storm need uh, an umbrella in the rain? Yeah, there's a shot of Storm with an umbrella. Nobody really understands why that is. So, Jose, the trailer Jose. mainly features a lot of shots of the different characters speaking about horrible things that are going to happen. Uh, what's going on, ASAP? Jose, Jose, Do you have you, a question? Yeah, you told me earlier that, uh, right before we put up this trailer, mm-hmm. that Dark Phoenix is the start of a new trilogy. Is that is that true? I think, we, me and Walter were talking about this before the podcast, and what I've seen in the past is that, and this is all before Marvel, uh, or I should say Disney, Disney bought up the rest of the Marvel Universe by buying out Fox and taking over the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and all that stuff. So this may, may very well change. But what I heard initially I thought was encouraging because this was supposed to be a, a trilogy, a Dark Phoenix trilogy. And just to give you a little background, the comic book is a very complicated story that starts, I mean, I think it's, it goes over hundreds of different issues in different comics to get to the end point of this. But long story short, the, the Phoenix Force is a godlike force that exists in the Marvel Universe that tends to possess different people throughout the timelines of the Marvel Universe. And it tends to actually choose Jean Grey from the X-Men quite often because it, it, it uh, sort of appreciates her powers, we'll say. She's one of the most powerful mutants and indeed superheroes at various times in the Marvel Universe. She's one of the most powerful ones in the entire universe. Uh, with the Phoenix Force merged with her, she becomes pretty much the most powerful thing in the universe other than like the gods of Marvel. Um, and she could even contend with them. But the storyline basically goes over what happens leading up to her merging with the Phoenix Force and of course the X-Men, being you know, family and friends with her essentially, fighting her because she becomes evil, but also not wanting to kill her because it's Jean Grey, that's their bud, that's their, you know, their pal, their love interest, their student, whatever it is, depending on who you are in the X-Men. So it's one of the most well-regarded storylines in X-Men, which is why I was encouraged and happy initially to hear that they were going to give it space to breathe with a trilogy. But again, now that you know, Fox no longer you know, owns the rights to this X-Men universe, who knows if they're going to go ahead and continue with those two movies. That's so, kind of where we stand. So this movie is about Jean Grey being like a loose cannon for the X-Men, basically? Is yeah, that what it is? Essentially it is. She becomes, uh, she becomes the villain of the story. And Interesting. And in Apocalypse, yeah. you saw glimpses of that. The the last scene, um, she actually did tap into the Dark Phoenix powers to defeat Apocalypse in that movie. So which was, was just a, a continu- continuation of that. So would Jean Grey be like you say the antagonist of this uh, this new trilogy? Absolutely, Dark Phoenix. But it, it'll probably end up being more complicated than that because there's a lot of different factors at play. Like I said, it goes over different comics and different like like dozens and dozens of issues to tell this story and, and in different places how it comes too. together in different yeah. places like different parts of the universe right like Lalandra again the Shi'ar Empire on the other side of the damn universe is the involved. way it sounds it sounds a lot this story like line. cosmic right. space opera it sounds a lot opera. sounds a lot like my trilogy actually about um this freaking hobbit this halfling who's the villain of my master's trilogy mm-hmm. he actually throws a piece of important jewelry in a freaking volcano. Oh, you mean that trilogy <laughs> where they should have, like, probably oh, jumped on those one. eagles in the first place and just flown over there <laughs> instead of taking that long-ass walk? And actually, Samwise is more the hero than Frodo. But cause... then you don't have three movies. Yeah. No, but let us remember. Exactly. They're gotta, really the villains. They're really the villains of this whole trilogy. Uh, against the disenfranchised orcs. It's uh, it's my uh, yeah. faction that's, you know, we're, we're the victims of this. Isaac <laughs> Balrog of Mordor is very upset at all the people in, in Middle-earth for putting his people down, we'll say. Basically, the way I see it, this Jean Grey in Dark Phoenix is the Frodo Baggins of the... This new trilogy. So I think I see what you're saying. She's kind of tempted and overtaken by the power. The 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 Phoenix Force is kind of like the One Ring. Yeah. Right. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Exactly. Yeah, you could kind of say it's like that. It's a, it's something that's tempting. It's a power that's very tempting that turns a good person evil, like the Ring does in the movie. So that's kind of how how it goes over there. But so just my thoughts on it, since that's really what we're what we're here for, right? Uh, everybody's seen the trailer. You don't necessarily need all of my analysis. I think a lot of people say this looks like X-Men The Last Stand, which is universally 
for most people, known as the worst X-Men movie. I happen to think that First Class is right up there with it. I have a lot of arguments with people about that. I think First Class is a terrible movie. But I think this looks okay. From the glimpses we've seen, I'm not a huge fan of Sophie Turner as an actress. It looks like she's doing a little bit better in this movie. Like uh, good old Sansa from yeah, Game of Thrones. She seems emo. a little one note in a lot of her performances. She looks a little bit better here. And I've always liked, even though I haven't always liked these movies, I've liked the, the actors that they've chosen. Like um, James McAvoy as Professor X and Michael, Fonsbe Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Uh, all of those characters are good choices. Haven't always told the best stories. But I think that this... It looks like it'll be better than Apocalypse to me. But that's just my thought. What do you think, Metatron? Do you think it looks pretty good? Do you think it looks crappy? What are we on with this one so far? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Apocalypse had its flaws, but I actually liked Apocalypse as a movie. It, it was better than like First Class and all that other stuff. Yeah. For sure. It was one of the better ones. Maybe you're not up there with X2 or X-Men. But better, right? And Days of Future Past, I think, was pretty good. But what what do you think? What do you think? Well, like kind of like uh, you said earlier with the very emo thing. Yeah, that that's a thing, you know. But yeah. I I'm I'm generally okay with that because you know this is like this is the the Dark Phoenix isn't just oh it happened to me great you gotta really <laughs> yeah. go and figure it out like oh my god what the hell is this like, what is going on yeah and you know you just gotta feel it out so me i don't i don't mind the emo stuff i mean gene gray is actually notoriously known for being a little bit whiny and emo in the comics so it kind of works out she as soon as she uses her power in the comics most of the time she just faints so this kind of works in line with that all right, well, okay, that's a pretty good take. It seems like you're kind of on the fence, which is fine, because they didn't show us too much. Yeah, I'm still waiting for a little more information. And I know that, ASAP, you don't know too much about it. You're not the huge fan of the, of the comic books, but is this a movie, let's say, going into it, if somebody invited you to go check it out, based on what you've seen so far, would you spend 10, 15 bucks, I don't know, maybe take somebody on a date and actually check this out, or are you just going to avoid this one like the plague? I mean, you know what, uh... I, I'll I'll check it out out of curiosity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, it's not something I really look forward to. Let's just say that. So it's something that might you might end up waiting until it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray, perhaps, which is understandable because yeah. it doesn't look great. And what about you, Walter? What do you think about this one? Well, it's better than the first trailer. <laughs> okay, that first trailer was was kind of hurtful. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna wait to see a little bit more. Again, you, you have rumors. This is now. This movie was supposed to come out November second of this year. Yes, that's true. Then they moved it to February mm -hmm. of next year. Yep. They moved it again to June of next year. Um, oh, it's one of those. It's yeah. one of those. There's, like my payroll. They they're oh, talking boy. about they're <laughs> talking about reshoots. They're talking about changing stuff around. Um, generally, when you hear rumors like that. You, you kind of have to have a little pause on how this is going to come out. Um, being that this now is a Fox property that's owned by Disney, Disney may not be really pushing to see this thing come out really well because if it comes out great, you know, Disney's kind of forced into a corner now because now they're taking over. Kevin Feige is now overseeing the X-Men in, mm -hmm. in that MCU universe. Mm -hmm. And so now, do you keep these characters, do you keep this cast of actors going forward? Right. And how do you reconcile um, all these past movies? And like you said before, the X-Men timeline is a mess. <laughs> shit, shit. As it is right now. <laughs> so now you're trying it's to introduce crazy. them into a cohesive timeline that is the MCU. Um, it, it's a little concerning. Just like you said before, casting for the for the X Men has been wonderful. I mean, yeah, McAvoy is a great Professor X. All the ones that are still alive, at least the yeah. ones in first class that died, maybe not so much, which is why they're dead. But yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Fastbender. What can you say? He's he makes a very charismatic uh, Magneto. Was it Nicholas Holt as Nicholas good as, Holt he, as Beast? Yeah. So the casting is spot on. But does Disney really want to have the headaches of trying to? define what the past timeline is <coughs> Kathleen guys, <laughs> you know so it's it's gonna be an interesting thing the trailer looks fine 
the movie looks fine. It's pretty lukewarm, it you know. Seems. Yeah, I'm. Like I said, I, I need to see more. You know, this trailer doesn't do it for me. But listen, I'll I'll go into this with an open mind whenever this movie comes out. And there's one more consideration that I would like to definitely mention before we move on because if it does really well, like I said, is there's probably going to be much more of a chance that they're going to pull off that trilogy that I mentioned because if you get a first one and there's sort of an ambiguous ending and people really are left clamoring for more then they're going to have to bring back the cast they're going to have to continue the story but then it turns into a bottom line issue also because if some of these actors from the X-Men universe start looking at the paychecks that some of the MCU people are getting and then they're probably going to have to sign a whole new contract since it's a whole new company I'm not really sure how that part's going to work maybe the Fox contract transfers over but what if Fassbender and McAvoy and Lawrence and Holt who are all pretty pretty highly regarded actors decide they want to pay raise. What's that? What's going to happen in that situation? It's not like Disney doesn't have the money, but businesses tend to play hardball. So that's just another thing to consider well, Je- if it does well, which Je- is why they want it to bomb. Jennifer Lawrence has always been on the outs with this character anyway. You yeah. know, um, the she last movie, she barely was in the mystique blue skin. Um, but let, let me ask you guys this question. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard the rumors of the reshoots. Do you think the reshoots have anything to do with the fact that Disney decided they took a look at this movie? They said it's too open ended. Let's let's make this a one off movie and just cut it at the end, because the reshoots did happen in and around the time that you had all the 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 thing about Disney buying Fox, mm-hmm. and then they went back and reshot the movie. So, do you think maybe the reshoots they're taking what could have been a trilogy and saying? Nah, we're gonna make this a one movie. This will be the end, and that's it. What do you guys think about that? I mean, maybe they, like you said, maybe they want it to bomb. Maybe this is a reason that they're doing all these reshoots. Maybe they want the movie to just absolutely suck, and they're intentionally sabotaging it so they yeah, can take over. Yeah, I can over. see how that works. Uh, that should have maybe... been the case with the Hobbit. It should have been one movie, and the end should have been a two. Yeah, well, why, they made it. Why do one movie when you right? can do three? But I guess I'm getting a little sick of the whole trilogy thing, too. But we'll get to that, actually, later when we get to another topic. But let's, t- let's move along a little bit, and let's get to a little something that's a specialty of our buddy ASAP Balrog. All right, so being, you know, from Mordor does not mean that we have no taste in exquisite fashion or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... Exquisite clothing. Exactly. Couldn't you know. have said it better myself. You know? <laughs> I mean, hey, we're no, we are known for jewelry, are we not? Don't you guys have... Listen, those the, orcs, they were very fashionable. Am I in the wrong universe? Is Mithril armor from you guys, or is that somewhere else? <laughs> no, that's, that's right, that's right. Right? You guys you know? got that cool-ass, shiny Mithril armor. I yeah, know what man. you guys The Gondorians didn't make that. It was the Mordorians. Oh, that's <laughs> right, brother. You know, but um, you know, there may not be a Mordor Fashion Week, but there sure as hell is a Paris Fashion Week. Indeed, and it's actually the fourth and final Fashion Week of all the Fashion Weeks, starting with you know New York and then and then London and then Milan, concluding with Paris. Mm -hmm. That's a month's worth of freaking fashion. Well, Paris would be the place (laughs) where that kind of thing would happen, I would imagine. Oh, exactly. Big fashionista spot for sure. Um, oh, by the way, Mordor is known for jewelry, but. Moving along, that um, <laughs> currently Paris Fashion Week has kicked off j- this past Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, September 25th, 2018, and it's going to conclude next Wednesday, I believe, October 3rd, 2018. Okay. And so far, there's been a lot of nice looks and, you know, gigs going on in Paris, just as well as, you know, in the past weeks with New York, London, and Milan. Mm-hmm. And one big thing going on right now is Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner whom I'm sure you guys know or have heard from, you know, somewhere. Indeed. Everybody right. knows of the Jenners. Those two are twinning right now. Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner. Um, they were seen at Paris Fashion Week. They look alike. They look pretty good. And um, I know our audience listening cannot, you know, see this right now. But unless they Google this, you know, type in Bella Hadid, Kendall Jenner, twinning, Paris Fashion Week, whatever. Yeah, but I, I have over here, yes, I have right over here on my laptop picture of Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid. Oh they're, boy. They're twinning right now. Oh boy. Um, I gotta say, they look pretty good though, do they not? Yeah, I mean, they look great. I, I mean, concur. 
I don't know too much about Bella Hadid. Obviously, everybody knows who Kendall Jenner is. I know Bella Hadid. Is she an actress or like more of a fashion icon? Like, what's her deal? She's more she like on Limpsic Battle or something like that. Is that what it she is? was? Like, a guess, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm right? assuming that's yeah. not her claim to fame, though. I'm assuming she can just go on Limpsic Battle. I think she's a model, she's like, honestly. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm married, so I don't know this stuff. But <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I just know Kendall Jenner because pop culture seems seeps into everything, which is why this is a pop culture podcast, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> I think the look is great. I mean, as not much of a fashionista myself, I think that they definitely do have that twinning thing going on with the dark hair. Kendall has her hair up. Bella has her hair down. The dresses match pretty well. They're both beautiful women. Right. Um, Indeed they are. I think I like Bella's dress a little bit better. If we're really going to give our little opinions right now to see which one we Would you say it looks more ladylike, Bella Hadid's dress? I... Maybe that's what it is. I think there's just maybe yeah, there's maybe a little bit more refinement to it. Than there's more fabric, that's for sure. Kendall Jenner's dress. Both of them look just fine. Either also, not, none of them is really completely, you know, wearing almost no fabric. They're both very elegant dresses. So I don't know, but I, I like the great. color true, true. of. I like the color of Kendall's dress though. I mean, it looks just as fiery as lava at Mount Doom back in the day. Yeah, you have a little bit of the fire details on the bottom Indeed. of the of the dress. I know my late master Sarwan would have approved for sure. Yeah, he would have loved this one I think. <laughs> I think that he would definitely approve of Kendall and Bella and he would let them chill in mortar. Is, is that a ring of power out. I see on on, Ke- on Kendall's possible. Kendall's ring finger? Is Only that the latest in orcish fashion. Orcus, orcish Orcish, Orcish, Orcish fashion. Yeah, it's a tongue twister for Kendall in this particular case. But I think it's a good look, and I think um, as far as Paris Fashion Week goes, and as much as I know about it, I think this is a obviously this is a very viral photo for a reason. So it looks pretty darn good to me. Is that Beyonce wearing almost nothing? What is that? Oh no, this is um, Madonna's daughter at New York Fashion Week. This was earlier in September. That's very Madonna's tan. daughter. Yeah, her name she's, is. She's a dead ringer for for. Unless my my glasses are like, I mean, that's a dark. The monitor is a little dark, but I thought that was Beyonce for like two point two seconds, man. That's how much (laughs) I know about this aspect of pop culture with the what the green hair, like the curvy body, like the tan skin. Listen, it could be my old eyes. I can't see anymore. I hey, I I saw the same thing. So maybe I don't know what you guys think, but this is so. So what are we what are we looking at here? What's the story behind this? All right. So this was as I said, this was New York Fashion Week Mm -hmm. earlier this month, early September, the first of the fashion weeks. Okay. And this is actually Madonna's daughter's first shoot her so first fashion show excuse me so she's a model that's her that's officially her now officially apparently now officially she's a model. how old is she by the way she's actually 21 turning 22 okay so she's right in that at that age when, right uh, when you're really big in the modeling game i mean right if we want to talk about the look i'm not a big fan mm. of the look to be honest at Oops. least at least torso down <laughs> I don't know Towards if I like the look overall, yeah. period. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm a guy. actually wear that it's great and walking all, around. But she's that's, got nothing on, man. She's got nothing yeah, on. What the hell is that She's even? pretty much topless. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and again, I'm a guy, and of course that's alluring in a certain way, but it's alluring in certain right. situations. I'm not sure it's alluring in public to see a woman completely topless. I mean, you know, of course I mean, there are exceptions. Okay. A woman's breastfeeding, obviously that's very normal, it's very natural, but just walking around like that... It's not a great look. If a woman wants to do it, I'm Obviously. fine with it. Unless you're doing it for like a beach look. look. I don't know. I don't right. think anybody's going to Dunkin' Donuts in that. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. <laughs> and I've it's seen. A weird. I've seen yeah. craziness in my time, too. I used to work at a, at a store in the city, and a woman just basically walked, walked in completely freaking topless. And well, they, New York they had to you. kick her out, basically, because right. this is also a store that was owned by a very religious group. So they were right. appalled when they saw her walk into the store. But to me, this is not really a good look. And, th- and then it, it doesn't complement well with, like, the torn jeans on the bottom. Right. The part that you don't no, like. Totally and they're agree. oversized, too. They look like MC Hammer pants to me. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm not a big fan of distressed jeans. Like, that's what you call them. Like, hmm. they look very... Stressed jeans? Distressed jeans. Distressed? Like, distressed, like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, an that's, interesting name for it. That's very These distressed. jeans are in distress. That's what I'm saying, like, torso down, I don't like, but torso up, even though she's basically topless, I actually like the tropical look, mm-hmm. as I'm quoting, mm-hmm. because it actually, it looks somewhat exquisite, but, of course, something you would wear, like, in the appropriate place, so, say, the beach, I don't know. Right, maybe with something better matching. Not your bottom, everyday clothing, obviously. It would work better, you know? you know I mean? You're not yeah. going to, like, your kid's PTA meeting wearing that. <laughs> obviously. Like that. that would be interesting. What do you think, Metatron? <laughs> That would be the most interesting thing. Uh, I mean, you guys pretty much hit on all the points. I mean, what about it's the a very head? bold look. So, <laughs> yeah, how about them jeans? And who's Madonna? The jeans, yes. 
Who's Jean's the dad? Jean's like she had a she had a fight with uh, Wolverine over here. No, no, no. Look at that. Werewolves in London. I'm telling you. Who's her dad? Or New York. New York. Does anybody know this? That's my question. Who's her dad? Is that Guy Ritchie's kid? Because I know Madonna's married to Guy Ritchie for a while, right? Is that their kid? or? Because that was a... I don't know how that was long ago enough. I think we have to look this up. I'm not up. sure. Again, folks, for y'all who, who are listening, but of course you can't even see the picture. You could Google, um, you could Google Madonna's daughters, or her name is Lourdes, L-O-U-R-D-E-S, um, NYFW Fashion Fashion Week 2018. You're going to see her look. This is her first fashion show, and it's very exquisite yet controversial. Apparently, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, Carlos Leon, I don't remember who the heck that guy was, but apparently they were married. Madonna was, was, was married to this person or had a kid with this person, so it's not Guy Ritchie's uh, kid. Uh, Jose, would you say that... That's why she looks a little more ethnic. Jose, would you say torso up, like, what she happens to be wearing looks somewhat orcish, like, in orcish fashion? It looks, yeah. Because looks, or, orcs do tend to wear, like, a lot of shells and, well, you know, and all that stuff. So like, where do you hide the sword in that, in that piece? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's like the famous Wonder Woman. Where'd she put that sword in her dress and kind of like where'd she yeah. secure it? Um, <laughs> I think this is the height of female orcish fashion. <laughs> if we're talking about it's similar to comic book fashion, how if you look at any female in comic books, they tend to be wearing an outfit that let's just say probably isn't the best outfit to fight crime in. True. I kind of get that same vibe with this. This might this is the highest in orcish fashion, but if you had to go to war with the denizens of Middle Earth or the elves or the dwarves. This probably isn't the best look for her. She's probably gonna get stabbed in a lot of places and not have a lot of protection. So. And that looks too cold for Gondor. Matter of fact, she looked like she got stabbed a bunch of times anyway. Maybe they were slashing at her jeans or something like that. I think in Mordor though, it would be the proper look because you know it's really hot. In Mordor. Yeah, exactly. It's, we have a really you hot know, climate. It's very tropical over there. If you're hanging out by the mountains. Stuff, you know? Right. It's very Mustafarian like. It's definitely an interesting look. But um, yeah, I, I, it's pretty good, man. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I mean, moving on, you, we have in the music industry, specifically in the world of hip hop, mm-hmm. we have Bad Baby. Oh, good lord! For Bye. all those of you who may not know, her real name is Danielle Bergoli. She's that Cash Me Outside girl from the Dr. Phil show. How about that? Exactly. Oh my god! And now her oh. stage name in rap is Bad Baby. She's actually making moves in the hip hop industry, and she's pretty fresh. No lie. What do you B-H-A-D. think, Jose? H A D B H A B I E. That's right. Had. Bahabi is more what her name is. What do I think of Bad Baby? All right, so I've actually seen some of her videos. Um, she's not the worst rapper in the world. I'll give her that, surprisingly enough. Um, it's odd that I'm familiar with any of these people, but that's what happens when you go on YouTube for about three seconds. You might end up running into Bad Baby or, what is it, Lil Tay, Whoa, Vicky, who looks like one of the characters from Ice Age. Like, that girl is, is jacked up looking, dude. She looks like the whatever the hell that ferret looking thing was. I remember someone saying that a lot of rappers nowadays, they have gamertag names. Yeah, they kind of do. You know? Or they're Lil something. Lil, why is everybody Lil all of a sudden? What happened to, like, Notorious B.I.G.? What happened to being big, man? Uh, there's going to be there'll only be one Notorious B.I.G. You know, they'll start with Lil Wayne and, like, dudes like that. Right? Lil Yachi, like, Lil Dicky. All of these Lil's. Oh, gosh. So her music isn't that bad. That said, I don't think it's that good either, but I'm also like, I'm a little bit more into the old school of hip hop. So a lot of this new music that's kind of been affectionately labeled or not so affectionately labeled mumble rap kind of drives me pretty crazy. She doesn't necessarily fall into that category in terms of her, her style of rapping. She falls into that category into her overall style, which kind of drives me a little bit insane. I think it's, I think in comparison to the golden age of hip hop, which Walter, of course, would know very well, and That's he's actually uh, a mentor of mine, you could say, in the in the age of classic hip hop. Compared to that vibe, I think it's very vain. I think it's very shallow. I think that a lot of what they talk about now, and of course, you know, rap has different levels. It always has. There's mm-hmm. been your gangster rap, which is talking about those same kind of things. But hip hop back in the day, when you talk about a tribe called Quest, you talk about Leaders of the New School, De La Soul, and like a lot of those old hip hop acts were what you could maybe say were called conscious rappers. They spoke about real issues. Whereas what I see from Bad Baby and you know, uh, Lil Pump. And Takashi Six Nine, who like, oh my God, that's a whole other topic of conversation. If we want to talk about that guy. In fairness to Bad Baby, though, Ooh. whether or not people like her, I mean, I see her going places. True. And I see her making a lot of future hits. 
and I'm not gonna lie, I already like one of her songs, but she's not rapping in it, she's actually singing. It's called Trust Me. She, she has a song where she sings? Yeah, it's called Trust Me. It's featuring Ty <laughs> Dolla Sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually a pretty decent song. I like it. Okay. okay. I, I like it. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of the old man in me, but I think that, like I, like I was like kind of going in this direction, I think... I don't know that I like the message in 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 modern hip hop. Like I said, it's it's uh, I and the way that she started. I concur. Also, is very much in line with that message, right? Because she started off. For those of you don't who don't know who Bad Baby or Daniel Bregoli or the Cash Me Outside girl is, those two people on the planet who don't know who, who she is. She started on Dr. Phil. She went on what with her mother. Right. Basically, became famous because she was a bitch to her mother. <laughs> Right. And became this really popular, like viral character as a result of it. And I think it shows in the music. Apparently, she got breast implants. Oh, she did all this craziness. She's and she's like, only what, like what sixteen or seventeen. I was just about to say that she's still in her teens. So like the music, fine. If we want to judge her on that merit, it's not the worst music you can listen to. She's actually a lot better than some of these trashy mumble rappers, in my opinion, who don't really say anything at all. But the the overall vibe of it to me, it's kind of like it's this reality television vibe that I don't. So that's my take on it. I don't know. I mean, I think what you're saying is like you don't dig her rebellious attitude, especially how it, how it, uh, you know, goes forward into the hip hop industry and sends that message to the audience. You know, well, to be concise, I think it's less about the rebellious attitude, and I think it's more about an entitled attitude. I think there's a little bit of a right. difference because being a, rebe- a rebel doesn't necessarily mean like bad things. Sometimes you have to rebel against certain things, certain institutions, certain. Whatever. The whole world is not fair just because something in, is the law, perhaps, doesn't mean that it's morally the right thing to do. We could get, go on and on and on and on about that. But I think she's got an entitlement problem. I think that's where I kind of draw the line with a lot of these modern rappers. I would concur. Just like Gondor, they have such an entitled attitude when it comes to claiming Mordor as their own. Because apparently Mordor was one of Gondor's <laughs> land, but... You know what? That's not the case. That's not the case. Yeah, there's a little bit of entitlement going all around, and those lousy Middle Earthers, whatever they do, what they got to do. But, (laughs) but moving on to back into fashion, just for one more, um, one more topic with fashion. The YSL Yves Saint Laurent Lame Velvet Jacket, guys, check this out. It is only two thousand eight hundred ninety dollars. Plug only. A lot of people are gonna buy that. Hey, Yves Saint Laurent, Let's give us some those money. piggy banks. Give Y'all need to money. look this up. Google YSL fashion. Go to the shop men category and check out new arrivals. Scroll down to Lame Velvet Jacket. Comes only in gold. It is the same color as Snoke's rope. And and if you actually do go to the website and buy it as a result of this particular suggestion and recommendation, go to the website. Give them some feedback. Tell them ASAP Balrog from Pop Culture Over Pizza told you to buy that. You may receive a 90% discount. Who the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) But then when they get enough of those, then they might actually give us a call and say, hey, like, plug some more of our crap. And then they'll send you some free free shit. It'll be fantastic. Hopefully, we'll see. Maybe I'll go buy the jacket myself. Hey, guys, go check it out, you know. Have exquisite taste in fashion. It's Paris Fashion Week. Do something with your money. You already know. And this kid always looks good. But, yep. And just as good as ASAP looks today and every week and every day of every week. We hope that you enjoyed just how good this sounded. Part, this is part one of the podcast because, boy, we had a lot to talk about today. And we and still have more. There's still more to come. Coming up, part two of the podcast. Stay tuned.